Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. This week I'm joined by Nicola Buckley and we are talking about leading with passion. So listen in for some information about why Nicola thinks passion matters with leaders, what it is that's going to help you be passionate both in work and outside of work to give you that kind of energy that boosts the passion. Why passion is not necessarily all about work. How you can make Maslow's hierarchy of needs work for you. And why Nicola is passionate about people taking real ownership of their diary. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business and life without the stress, doubt and overwhelm. So I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host. I'm a leadership coach and workplace trainer helping you and your workforce to increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, if you've not done this before, please do find the little subscribe button on your podcast app and ensure that you never miss another episode. Importantly, too, please leave a review. It helps the podcast platform to know what's popular and to be able to share it with other people. So thank you if you've already done that. If not, go over and get it done now. (laughs) Now, Before I dive into today's episode, I've had quite a few calls recently from people who are finding things difficult. They are exhausted, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling anxious, and they know that these difficulties are affecting performance. Now, whilst I work with organisations quite a lot, I suppose the bit that I forget to tell people is that I do work with individuals too. If the stress is getting to you, if it's stopping you sleeping, or if you're feeling that you're having to work all hours to, you know, keep on top of things, then please do get in touch with me. We can book a call and talk about the different ways that we can work together to help you to be more focused, uh, work more efficiently, and just feel so much better about yourself. Neve had said I was in a difficult position job-wise and mentally and Emma was a welcome listener who provided sound support and advice and helped me to reframe my issues and how to approach them. I'm now in a much better place and have secured a fantastic new role because my confidence grew too. Emma's support was so helpful and appreciated during this time and I would seek Emma's support again. Neve's a HR manager so you can imagine what her role was like. So that's some of the wonderful feedback that I've had from some one-to-one work, but get in touch with me if you want to talk to me about uh, working for your organisation or for you individually. Okay, so my very uh, special guest today is the wonderful Nicola 
Buckley. Now, Nicola is a leadership coach and a neuroscience expert. Over the last four years, she's helped thousands of women globally to find their fire and become clear and confident leaders. Um, Nicola has a 16-year high-flying corporate career that has run multi-million pound launches for household brands. And now... She's a leadership and executive coach for senior female leaders and aspiring talent in the corporate world. And she helps leaders find their fire, purpose and passion. And we are going to talk today about leading with passion. So Nicola, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I, I think I'm going to get you to do all my introductions in the future. That was amazing. I was like, oh, wow. She sounds great. Who's this? <laughs> It's not always good when somebody else, you know. No, just... you think, well, actually, that's really quite impressive. That's, yeah, I own that. That's me. And, you know, we can start with that because we forget those things, don't we? And, and yeah. there's so many people that I talk to that we're coaching. And, and I mean, no, you coach with female leaders, but, you know, yeah. I coach with both male and female, and we forget about yeah. all those wonderful things. And even I do it myself as well, so... Yeah, absolutely. I was geeking out on some neuroscience earlier on, on one of my podcast episodes and I was talking about the brain's free biases. So the brain has three biases that yeah. we see everything through. So one is negativity because that relates to safety. One is recency. So we only remember the more in the moment right here, right now things. And then the other things are our experience is more powerful than other people. So if you take the recency thing, if you're not having the best of days, you suddenly forget that you're a board director you suddenly forget you're one of the few female uh, leaders at that point in the business you forget that you've gone through different qualifications that you've got an MBA you forget that you've done all this and you've got a, a lovely family at home and you in that moment you're just like I'm, I'm gonna fail I've done it wrong they're gonna talk about me and you go back to all those old stories and patterns and behaviors and there's a really nice exercise I get clients to do which is basically looking back at your wins and I call it who you already are and just look at your different chapters and look at where you've overcome something or you've achieved something or what are your wins from when you were tiny through to now and you start you know I remember when I did it my coach asked me to do it so I've kind of just tweaked it a little bit but I was sat there and I squirmed I was being very British I don't want to do this this feels awkward I don't think there is that many and he he only gave us 10 minutes to kind of like make us you know just to yeah. give us that momentum to do it and I went from I don't want to do it it's really icky but it feels uncomfortable being very British and modest and everything else through to the last I think the last four minutes I was up to like number 81 because I was like well I did my bag of gymnastics I did my swimming badges yeah <laughs> all the way through to you know I got my head of department role and like everything and it was just like yeah but it was a really it's a good thing then to have to look back on and remind yourself on the days that you not feeling the passion, you're not feeling excitement. It's feeling a bit heavy. It's feeling like it's taking a lot of energy from you. You're already feeling a bit depleted. Like that is who you already are. So you're only ever going to become more. You're only ever going to grow from there. Absolutely. I have um, my clients often do a similar thing, which is, um, you know, write a list of 50 reasons why you're great at what you do. Um, and I say to them, you're going to get stuck um, and, and then you need to dig deep. Um, however, you know, we've given people a little insight there, but when we've dived straight in, just let the listeners know a little bit about how you came to be this, um, you know, geeking out on neuroscience and uh, coaching leaders. 
I had a 16-year corporate marketing career, so I ran these big launches for household brands. And I just loved having that, that ability to take something and shape it into something and have a, a tangible impact on the bottom line of the business and bring all the team with me on that journey. But I just felt through that career. So when I was in that career, so I got married at 24. I was very young. I was quite idealistic, quite naive. And I married um, a guy that I'd known for a long, long time. And as I grew through my corporate career, probably similar to everyone else, I kind of started off very doubtful. I kind of surprised myself with what I could do. People recognized a lot in me that I didn't see in myself and was that mismatch. But as I kind of grew into myself, I just went further and further. And as I, as my roles became bigger and I took on more responsibility, I, I changed a lot and I kind of almost grew into myself. So the woman that I'd been at 24 when I got married wasn't the woman by the my late 20s and into my 30s I wasn't the same person I wanted more say I wanted more independence I wanted more for my life so when that happened I then I really struggled so basically I at work I went all in Uh, the gap that was missing when my my relationship broke down I filled with work it was my way of protecting myself numbing myself from how I felt and I ended up struggling for two years, probably longer than that, really, with severe anxiety and depression. Um, And I know everyone has a different experience of it. But for me, some days I, I would wake up in the morning, I'd already my heart would be racing, I'd feel sick, I'd feel anxious. And I would just I would hold my breath to see how long it would take to just stop the pain and stop the hurt and stop the guilt around my marriage. And I went on to antidepressants, I had CBT, I had counseling, I had a lot of support, but it wasn't actually any of that that helped me. It was the neuroscience and learning the neuroscience that helped me. You have the world's most advanced supercomputer, but you're not given a manual. There's no expert to guide you. There's no guru. There's nothing there. You're just given this incredible tool, but we don't use it. So we don't use it to its capacity, but not even that. We don't understand the basics. So I geeked out on that and then I left corporate world. I set up a boot camp business that then became a gym business that did extremely well. But there's always a group of women that I seemed to miss and seemed to not get the results because it wasn't what they needed. They didn't need to learn how to squat or what to eat. They needed to learn who they actually were and what they wanted. And again, these were women that were very senior in organizations and I just naturally attracted these women. So then I, I've, I went on to set up a mindset coaching business. I moved back down to Cornwall because I wanted a family and that was at the time going to be on my own. And then when I moved back a couple of years later, I met my fiance. So it should be Mrs. Scorco, but not quite there yet. Thanks to lockdown <laughs> and also trained. Um, I've just finished my ICF um, qualification. So I'm now a fully accredited coach and I've fallen in love with pure coaching, which is really guiding clients on what they need when they need it so it's in the moment with them it's almost like a dance so a client being the lead if you like but I'm there to support them and I'm there with every step of the way so so my mission is about helping 10,000 women at that very senior level over the next 10 years helping them to find that fire again that passion that purpose that excitement um, doing that through coaching doing that through corporate programs and workshops and and my podcast but really at the heart of that is this isn't just for the women this is for the corporate world as well the corporate world needs these women that who are change makers and they are women that are changing the world of work because that's so needed if you look at the stats if you look at the experiences of women and you know people ask me why do you only work with women it's like well there's a 136 year 
gender pay gap between men and women. So as that gender spectrum grows, it's not just about men and women. I'm, I'm effectively teaching people to be who they really are at work and lead with that at the heart of just being an incredibly powerful leader with that impact and that influence to really change the corporate world. So that was quite quite a long answer. <laughs> but... <laughs> but you know, it's all relevant, isn't it? It is about we make that journey and, um, you know, and everybody that we work with, they make that journey to get to where they are. And often I have people that come to me and they say, and especially um, the female ones, and they say, you know, I've got to this level, but actually I'm thinking of stepping down a level because I've not, you know, I want to spend time with my family and I can't do that level of job and spend time with family. And it's like something's got to give, but which is not, which is not okay, really. It's not okay. Why do you think passion matters with leaders? Yeah, I think passion matters for leaders. I think there's a couple of things. I think, first of all, having spent 16 years in corporate world and you spent 20 years like it's bloody hard right it's hard work it's ever-changing you add to that at the moment there's a global pandemic that everyone has experienced in their own way and I think for women if you take women in the corporate world we face two huge challenges so we we face the hurdles of the structural the cultural the kind of subconscious biases of you know, within the corporate world that it is still very male dominated. It is still, you walk into more, most boardrooms and it's it's white middle-aged men. And this isn't, you know, I'm not about burn the patriarchy. I'm not that, my feminism is actually, we want just empower women and just to have equal opportunities. And that's across the gender spectrum. That's not just about men and women, but actually, if we go into why is passion so important because you have to have passion is really also resilience it's that do you know what today wasn't a great day as a leader it's not my finest hour but I am passionate about this business I am passionate about my team I am passionate about me being able to make a difference that is what will keep me going I I know this is what I'm meant to be doing I know this is my purpose I know I can have a great impact on the business and therefore the world and I can drive positive change, but as part of that, I need something to fuel me on. And that's what passion really does. And the other thing that passion does, it just makes you someone that people are inspired by and aspire to be. So you're almost, again, as a woman in the corporate world at that very top level, it might be that you're on a path that not many people have tread on before. It might be a path where there's no no obvious next step. It might be that you're a bit uncertain, that you're into completely new ground. And passion just keeps you taking the next step and that next inspired action and then the next one. And that people will want to follow you on that because you have that passion. People are drawn to that. We've talked a lot about connection when you were on my podcast just now. And it's it's connection and that, just seeing that. And passion gives you that resilience. It gives you that you ability to inspire people. Um, and it also means that you step past those challenges as they come up and you take the team on your on that journey with you as well. So passion for me is hugely, hugely important. And passion, because I'm passionate in all areas of my life, I need to be passionate about my work. And we actually think they're separate, but a big part of the work I do with clients is I help them to find that passion again. And what, what do you love outside of work? What is going to help you to have some of that, that hit of dopamine, that hit of feeling good, that hit of time for you? to then go into work and to bring that passion into work as well. And they're not separate. That energy is love energy. It's that fulfillment energy. It's that excitement, energizing energy, if you like. You want, it gives you more. 
It's so important, isn't it? It's so important. I saw, I'm in a Facebook group and I saw the other day that mm. uh, it was HR yeah. um, kind of group and, and somebody was kind of, and I've seen actually a lot, an awful lot sort of through September, um, people saying, you know, I feel overloaded. I feel mm-hmm. um, not sure how much you can go on. I'm really exhausted. You know, I, I don't know where to kind of get my energy and things from. Um, and they were kind of like, you know, what does everybody else do? And there was lots of people saying, you know, well, you know, you talk to other people, you talk to other people. And I went in and went, um, what would you normally do that lights you up or that relaxes you or that you, when you finish that you're like, oh yeah, I'm really glad I did this or that I feel great about it. You know, is it sitting quietly to read a book? Is it a swim? You know, I'm a big swimmer as well. Is it a swim? Is it a run? You know, is it, is it cooking, baking? Is it, is it uplifting stuff? Is it quiet stuff? What is it that you normally do? Because giving you those hits of those feel-good chemicals, because all of that is part of that resilience aspect. Obviously, I do Mm. loads on resilience stuff. And all of that is part of that resilience aspect that refuels you, that helps you to, um, you you know, get that energy, get that drive, and, and even, you know, get that passion back for what you do, because it, and I'm, I talk, I'm talking a lot as well at the minute about compassion fatigue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's quite often called, um, you know, like the cost of caring. So when you've got people that are doing the, you know, the listening, the helping, the, the bringing everybody on, um, which leaders have been doing as well as the kind of HR type community and a whole lot of other um, communities, we're listening to people so much more we're trying to help people so much more we're trying to bring people along with us and and passion is part of that thing if you like that we need that that, you know that gets us up in the morning I like to think as well that you know passion is contagious as well because like oh yeah hugely passion yeah absolutely but if you if you think so I get our clients to do a really simple exercise when they start work and we saw my process is finding your fire so it starts with like leading yourself your, yourself and I think again as women at the top we can quite often have neglected our needs forgetting forgotten what we love doing not had your hair done for year, you know ages not been to the doctors for those vital appointments and you're so down the priority list, but as you look at Maslow's hierarchy needs and you create your own version of that, you know, what is the top of that? What's fulfillment look like for you? What does, what are those magic elements of your life? Where are you completely in flow? Like if I, if I go for a swim, once I get over the initial shock of like, what on earth am I doing? Are there any jellyfish? Is there a shark? And the cold, once I get past that, I, I'm just in the moment. It's just, I'm swimming and it's stroke and it's stroke and it's breathe, stroke, stroke, breathe. And I, it's just, for me, it's so rhythmic. It's so safe. And that for me washes down my feelings for the day. It's like a hard, it's a hard end to my day as in I know that that's when my, my time begins. So what, what those equivalent things for you and actually that passion, that passion is energizing. And if you're feeling depleted, it might feel difficult to think, you know, about going out for a walk or going out and doing something that you love, but actually there's a time, you know, there's a way that it actually brings you more energy and you are living in little elements of your vision and what you want your life to be like. So a big thing about passion, just say it's not mutually about work. It's not mutually in any part of your life. It's just at the heart. It should be at the heart of your life to be, be that female leader who's feeling on fire. Yeah, completely. And then when you've got that, it oozes into all areas of your life. So it's not just 
the that person is it as an individual then it's you know it's for the team it's for their family yeah um, it's even you know and impacts the organization as well so it is both a professional yeah. and personal um power I suppose really yeah um that that, that just oozes into every area of your life yeah. in a in a good way really absolutely. Isn't it? absolutely and if you think you know I don't like the saying but I get I I love the concept like the best version of you the best version of you is you know to be the best mum you can be or the best partner you can be or the best dog mum even or you know at work to be the best peer and the best boss and the boss you know the boss's boss it all comes down to you think about what are those needs what are the things that I need and what are the things that I love and you are picking them in it's what I call feel good foundations you are consistently having those in your diary and you're committing time to them and you're committing time love and energy to them and that just brings out the best of you because you've had that you've had that hit of you time you've had that hit of oh I've had that time to relax or switch off or do something or I'm in this moment and I wholeheartedly agree with you about making sure that you've got things in your diary and things for you. And I know you and I are both really passionate about boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to your clients and they kind of push back on the, you know, how do I manage to, where do I find the time to put those things for yeah. me in the diary? What sort of things would you say to them? That's where we become a, almost like a policewoman of your diary in terms of what are you allowing in? What are you, where are you maybe overstepping the boundaries of your role? Where are you maybe not delegating? Where are you going into a meeting because the boss has delegated to you, but actually you don't really know much about it, but you're just a safe pair of hands. So, and I'm really, really passionate about my clients really owning their diary. Cause if you don't have a diary that you love, you don't have a life that you love. Like your diary, you should, you should look at it and generally be like, oh, wow, I get to do these things today. Or I'm excited to see this person or be in this meeting or talk about and present at this. And if it doesn't feel like that, if it just feels like how on earth am I going to get through? And it feels heavy and it feels de-energizing and it feels just not, I don't know, too much for you, then it is too much. And you own your diary. And as much as, yes, the boss might crash a diary, and I get all of that. But my clients, for example, so one of them had so many diary reports, was doing one-to-ones with all of them. Her team was growing and growing because she was so capable. We just, we we shifted those one-to-ones to every other week. And also within her team, she set in a mini hierarchy. So actually people were reporting to people within the team rather than always to her. So the people that come to her, the people that, you know, have real points of escalation that really need her help that are going to move things on. And that obviously empowers her team more as well. Or and, and that gave her five hours a week back straight away. And which, which for a, a you know, woman at the top, it's like, that's that's your day back. That's a whole day back. That's a day to work on strategy. Absolutely. Um, or another client that is just very, very strict now with her boundaries of she won't have any meetings before 10 o'clock. She can do the school run. She's not going to have any after three o'clock. If there's something falling outside of that, she just, she just, no, it's just her diary is not available. Um, and she also has half a day of the week that's on strategy that is a non-negotiable. And it's so important, you know, boundaries are a massive part of, um, you know, making sure that we are able to give our attention to, to the things that, that we need to do. Absolutely. They come into everything, I think. I think they've been talked about so much more through COVID, haven't they? Um, with that blurring of boundaries has been become such a common term, but I've been... I've been a lover of boundaries for probably the last 10 years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an improver. I'm a lover. 
of boundaries, but I'm an improver in terms of my own boundaries. So, and I just sat down yesterday, I was looking at what, what days do I want to be doing what, and when do I want to be working with clients? So I've got, I don't want to do that on a Friday. Like, I don't, I just don't want to do that. And my reaction, my, my physical body reaction was heavy and tired and just not a positive thing. It was quite negative. And I was like, actually, you know what? I said to myself by Christmas, I'd want to be working four days a week. Yeah. But why don't I just start now? You know, that's when I'm going to get time on a Friday to go out and visit a new beach, swim somewhere different take my dogs on a long walk so I exhaust them so they're not they're not, uh, they're not trouble and you know getting around my feet all the time do love them and that, that brings you back to the passion again if you look at your diary and it's not kind of filling you with passion it's not meeting your needs then you know it, things are gonna feel like that they are when we don't have that passion things feel like they take more effort that they're using more energy that we're kind of I, I don't know sort of making ourselves do it we're drifting through it I suppose it's that lack of enthusiasm, isn't it, about everything? And those can be the like almost like key indicators for us that that passion is beginning to eke out a little bit, you know, to ebb. Yeah. So I think if if you're feeling like you're not feeling passionate, so language you might be using, things you might be saying. So you might look at your week ahead on a Sunday or on a Friday afternoon, and it feel quite heavy. It might feel like you're getting a bit that Sunday kind of, oh, I really don't want to go to work. So it's not, you don't generally shift straight into huge resentment and frustration. You go through this period of almost apathy and it's almost like a golden, golden handcuffs because you've got this great role. You've got, you've worked really hard to get there. So you don't want to just give it up, but actually the, it's almost like the, the, the flames really dimmed for you. Yeah. Um, and that could be a sign of overgiving. It could be a sign of lack of boundaries. It could be a sign of maybe it's time for something different, or it might be that you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, balancing work and home. It can be a whole different thing. So it's almost understanding the symptoms. But then if you take that verb on and that passion's really started to leave your life and it's, it's really died down, that's when there's almost the frustration of where you are that then shows through in resentment that it might be that you're snapping at the team a little bit more. And that's not who you normally are. It might be that you're a bit more of a shouty mum at home. It might be that the dogs are driving you more crazy than ever, but actually they're not doing anything different. They're just reacting to you a bit more. It might be that actually the thing that your husband does that annoys you that normally you're fine with just suddenly just drives you mad. And it's almost understanding yourself enough and having that level of self-awareness to think, well, where am I on this? Where is my passion level? And where is my passion indicator? And I just wrote something down as we were speaking that I, I talked to my clients about and passion lies in purpose. And if you've lost your passion, you've almost lost that sense of purpose. So that can be things like I keep pushing for the promotion, but it's not there. I know that I'm acting at a board level, but I'm not being invited to join the board. It might be that my boss takes more. Um, he takes uh, credit for my work. He's not really pushing me forward, you know, all those different things. So just be mindful about where you are and almost think about go back to a time when you felt passion, go back to a time when you felt that excitement. Cause it starts with this gets relit in really revisiting your, like you talked about earlier, your vision and what do I want for my life and my life? What does that mean for my career? And how does this fit with that now? And in the day-to-day busyness, that's quite hard to do. And it sometimes takes working with a coach like me or you to kind of have that space to, 
revisit all of that and think at this crossroads, I don't know where to go. And that can lead to those more knee jerk reactions. I'm just going to resign or I'm just going to give up and just coast for a year. Or it's like, no, the world needs you. The world needs women like you that are shifting and changing things that are change makers that are bringing the light that are demonstrating that there's a different path and a different way of doing things. You role modeling, having that passion, but also having balance with that. You have passion without the sacrifice and the compromise and just having that without giving everything to your job, without giving everything to your career. It's not about having it all. It's about having what you want when you want it. And that's a different thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's also about giving yourself permission to do those things as well. There are so many great tips in there for the listeners to be able to take away from that. You know, if we were going to leave them with one thing, what would you say one lesson would be? That passion lies in your purpose. And actually it's a daily, it's a daily routine. It's a daily honoring of that for your energy, through the small things that you love, through appreciating the life that you have, your passion lies in your purpose. It's down to you to find that and to keep that and to keep nurturing it. I love that. So I could talk to you all day, Nicola, but no doubt the listeners have got other things to do. So if they want to find you, where can they do that? Yeah, so I hang out on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I'm Nicola Buckley. Um, my website is in my yet-to-be-married name, nicolascorco.com. Uh, and my email is nicola at nicolascorco.com. So I'll pop those over so we have those in the show notes because Scorco is not, not the easiest name in the world. So yeah, but yeah, very much hang out on LinkedIn. So that's where you can find me. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. You're so welcome. I've loved today. Thank you. For the listeners, I do hope that you have got some value from this. If you have any questions, drop me an email, emma at emmalankton.com or an email to Nicola. The links to all the ways that you can connect her and me are in the show notes. Can I just remind you, please, to don't forget to leave a review or share it on social media, this episode, and tag us to let you know that you've listened and what you value most from it. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.